freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. And good Thursday morning and happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody out there from the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, and sitting in for Gina today, who ran away again on us, is Julie Nelson. Julie, hey, you just got off. We switched chairs, and now you're back on again. Yes, I'm wearing many hats today yes. here at Iowa Catholic Radio, and it's kind of <laughs> funny. I just walked around the table, and now I'm on the other side. Yeah, we have to explain to our listeners, we have to switch sides because... One person has to be able to see the red light and the clock. Right. And you can only see both those from one side of the room. And it's nice to be on the other side this time. I'll just yeah, say you that. Don't have to, you yeah, don't I don't have to worry. <laughs> we got think a, about it. We got an interesting show today following up on some of the national news that we've uh, heard about with the uh, uh, case, the Dobbs case. It's uh, apparently uh, one of the draft versions of the. Um, uh, court ruling has been leaked, and we're going to talk to somebody who's had uh, a little bit of involvement with this Dobbs case. We have Chuck Hurley from the Family Leader, who's going to be here. He's general counsel for the Family Leader, and uh, they um, had their own brief that they filed, an amicus brief in that case, and Chuck was there for the oral argument, and uh, which is kind of interesting, and so he will be on after our first break here, to talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on and what he thinks is happening and whatever. It'll be nice to hear from somebody who's been there in in, in the in and before the court. So yeah, hear uh, you know like on the on the site reporting kind of thing. That's right. It is. is yeah. It is. He was there, and as a matter of fact, he was telling me the other day when I visited with him that uh, they had dinner that evening with the Solicitor General from Arkansas, who's the person who argued the case, argued nice. the Dobbs case. So we have yeah. some inside information, and we'll speculate on where that leak came from. That's certainly unprecedented. Yes, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Do we Ooh. have a prayer to open us up with? Okay, this is from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations in the hearts of all. Amen. Thank you very much. We will be right back in a couple of minutes here with uh, Chuck uh, uh, Hurley from The Family Leader. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Fitness by Design, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Driven to help you reach optimal health through private and semi-private training, group fitness classes, beamer, and massage. Learn more at fitnessbydesigndm.com. Hello, I'm Sarah Herm, and I'm honored to share my story with you. Join me Thursday, June 2nd for the annual gala benefiting InterVisions Healthcare. I made a choice that I regretted, but I was able to reverse my chemical abortion. As a medical nonprofit, all proceeds from the event support the life-affirming work InterVisions provides abortion-minded women in need, women who find themselves in similar situations that I did just four years ago. For more information, visit IVHcare.org, and I look forward to meeting you on Thursday, June 2nd. 
Thank you, Caldwell Parish, for underwriting Iowa Catholic Radio. Conform to the wishes of the deceased and to Catholic liturgical burial traditions. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. CaldwellParish.com. Hello, this is Steve Rade, inviting you to join me along with Matt Wilcom and Father P.J. McManus for the Iowa Catholic Radio's 15th anniversary pilgrimage to the Holy Land, November 11 through the 20th, 2023. We'll have Mass and dinner on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and visit the upper room where Jesus instituted the Holy Eucharist. Plus, my wife Janet and I will be offering invigorating teaching along the way. Not all pilgrimages are created equal. Brochures and details available at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And welcome back. This is Faith on Toronto on Iowa Catholic Radio. We have with us right now Chuck Hurley who is uh, Vice President and Chief Counsel for the Family Leader. Chuck, you here with us? Hi, Mike. How are you doing this morning? Very blessed. How are you guys? Just fine, just fine. Julie Nelson is with me here sitting in for Gina Knoll, uh, who's our regular um, co-host, who is down in Florida assisting a family member move. Her daughter is moving. She's got a new job, just graduated from college, so we wish her well. We're looking forward to having her back, but uh, Julie is here with us today. It's uh, nice to be here with you, Chuck. Hi, Julie. Let's talk about the K, the Dobbs case that we um, are. Well, first of all, before we go any further, uh, let's talk a little bit about the family leader. There's probably some people in our audience that don't know what the family leader is. Of course, if they live in the central Iowa area. I don't know how they don't. But anyway, why don't you give us a little rundown on what the family leader is and what the family leader does. Sure. We are a Christian ministry that works with uh, Catholics, Protestants, uh, all people of goodwill, to try to bring the truths of the Bible and uh, Christian people to the government. In other words, we have been uh, missionaries to the Iowa State Capitol, and then also uh, federally at times with presidential candidates and so forth, uh, and even to city councils and school boards. We try to bring Christian principles such as the sanctity of human life, um, the sanctity of one man, one woman marriage for life, um, Christian education. We work closely with the Iowa Catholic Conference and Tom Chapman on uh, religious liberty, school choice, right to life, those sort of things. So I'm at the Capitol uh, during the legislative session, January through April, pretty much every day, and we have a team of uh, four lobbyists now, and then we have a staff of about 23 people. Uh, We work a lot with presidential candidates, Iowa's first-of-the-nation status, and we work with about 1,800 churches around the state to try to connect uh, Christian people with government leaders, to minister to those leaders, to pray for those leaders, to submit to those leaders, and to partner with those leaders on things like foster parenting, um, uh, fighting human trafficking, uh, sanctity of human life, that sort of thing. 
you, you, you've bitten off an awful lot there, <laughs> and it's something <laughs> I think that the whole church has been working on for 2,000 years, and that job still isn't done yet. That's right. We, That's we right. still need a long way, have a long ways to go. By the way, I wanted to thank you uh, before we get started here. Uh, when uh, I was in the hospital after my stroke, I got some nice messages from the family leader and their prayers, and you can tell your folks uh, back in the office that I certainly appreciated all that. Well, you, you bet. We try to be um, gospel-centered. We try to be prayerful in all that we do. We're flawed human beings, but we're doing our best to try to bring uh, Christian people and Christian truth uh, into the public square, not just government. We also deal with culture. We do op-eds and radio and TV interviews and, and that sort of thing. But really our primary focus over the last 25 years of our existence has been to try to affect uh, the public square, especially governor, president, legislature, Congress, uh, with Christian principles. And life, sanctity of human life, would be our number one issue. Yeah, and so that brings us back to the Dobbs case, uh, which is the case that's sitting before the Supreme Court right now that could overrule um, Roe versus Wade. You, yes. you, you were there. You filed an amicus brief in the case. You visited with the solicitor who argued the case before the Supreme Court. Uh, what are we looking at? Do you have any um, ideas about what may be coming down? Obviously, we've seen the leaked um, uh, opinion, but um, we know that those aren't always um, the preliminary opinions aren't always those that uh, that survive and are published. That's right. The hot news this week, of course, Mike and Julie, is that uh, somebody inside the Supreme Court uh, leaked a true, authentic copy of a rough draft opinion uh, from February of this year that was written by Justice Samuel Alito and apparently supported by at least four other justices at the time. Uh, not every word of it, but it was a rough draft that indicated that there were at least five votes to overturn Roe versus Wade, which, as probably nearly all of your listeners know, um, was a, a terrible, wicked decision 49 years ago that overturned the pro-life laws in, in, in all 50 states. Even though some states had liberalized their laws somewhat, none of them had gone as far as Roe v. Wade. And the great majority of states in 1973 had strict laws against abortion, including Iowa. And so for 49 and a half years now, 60-plus uh, million babies have died by abortion because of Roe versus Wade. So, you know, some of the, even some of the, the big legal scholars, uh, liberal legal scholars in the country have criticized Roe because it's just kind of way out in left field. It just there's there's no legal support for it. Yeah, and in fact I would encourage your listeners to read Justice Alito's rough draft opinion because he goes through and even cites some of those liberal pro abortion legal scholars who said that actually the decision in Roe v. Wade was a terrible decision from an academic or from a constitutional standpoint, not just from a moral standpoint. So, yeah, it's a terrible decision. The draft opinion uh, takes it to task in many ways over 98 pages. I stayed up till 2 a.m. Tuesday morning reading it and rereading it. 
And I would encourage your readers to at least skim over it and not just read the liberal uh, news reports about it, but to actually see what's in it. It's a phenomenal decision. But, excuse me, a phenomenal draft. The decision won't be published probably for several more weeks. Right. And let's um, let our listeners understand how this actually works in the court. Uh, the justice, the senior justice in the majority, after the, the case has been submitted, uh, they have a conference. And the senior justice, uh, who may or may not be the chief justice, in the majority will assign the writing of the opinion. That opinion then is written by that assigned justice. In this case, it's Alito. Uh, and the and the opinion then is circulated among the members of the court, and it goes back and forth, and and he gets edits from this justice or that justice. Some justices will start writing uh, uh, dissenting opinions. Uh, some justices, when it's uh, over or nearly over, will write a concurring opinion. But this stuff is passed around. It's almost like a uh, uh, a, a committee process, where until the a draft is accepted and articulated by the court as it's ruling, uh, the draft means nothing, right? Yes, and uh, just to put a, a, a little bit of uh, context around this, uh, Mike, you and I talked yesterday. Right. Um, our, our legal team had the privilege and honor of being in Washington, D.C. on December 1st, the day that this was argued uh, live in front of the nine judges on the Supreme Court. And we could not get in the courtroom because of COVID, but we were across the street and we listened to the oral arguments live. And it was obvious to uh, pretty much everybody, uh, pro-abortion, pro-life, everybody in between, it was pretty obvious that there were probably five votes uh, based on the question and answers uh, to overturn Roe. But we didn't know until this leak happened uh, just how strong that opinion was to overturn. There was a there was a concern that it would be just a weak, mild, milk toast, you know, well, kind of, sort of. Uh, Roe has some problems, but this is a full rebuttal refutation of Roe, and so I think the leak happened uh, to try to disrupt the strength of this decision and try to get somebody to get scared or go weak need uh, before the decision is rendered fully. And so you're right. This this decision is not carved in in stone yet. It's it's not been published. And I think our listeners need to do a couple of things. One is pray that those five or more judges would remain strong. Number one thing always. Pray and fast. Right. Pray and fast. Pray and fast until this until this decision is published. Uh, it could go the other way. As we know, in 1992, mm-hmm. there were five votes to overturn Roe, and then Justice Kennedy changed his mind shortly before the decision was published. So it went four to five, and we had 30 more years and 30 more million dead babies. Well, the same so, thing happened with the Obamacare decision. The chief justice switched. That's that's right. So we need to pray and fast. And then the other thing that I think our listeners need to, to be doing is getting prepared for the Iowa situation. Let's say Roe gets overturned. Uh, at that point, Iowa will become a destination state for abortion because the Iowa Supreme Court in 2018 issued its own Roe v. Wade type decision. It's called Planned Parenthood versus Reynolds, but it essentially did the same thing or worse 
that Roe did. It found a supposed fundamental constitutional right to abortion here in Iowa. So even if Roe is overturned at the national level, the states then have authority to uh, limit or not limit abortions in their own state. The way Iowa stands right now, we're in deep trouble. So your listeners need to get aware of that and then be sharing with their friends. We're working on a constitutional amendment here in Iowa. We call it the Protect Life Amendment to overturn that terrible Iowa Supreme Court decision. Now, that Protect Life Amendment has to pass another legislative session. So it's passed one. It has to pass the next one coming up, which is after this election this year. And then it goes to a vote of the people. So we're kind of a third of the way there. And uh, if if the Protect Life Amendment does not pass in Iowa, then we're going to be one of the few open states for abortion. That's that's very well said. Very well said. So we do have primary elections coming up June 7th. Our ministry is involved in supporting pro-life candidates uh, in those primary elections against pro-abortion opponents because if the elections don't go well this June and then this November, that second passage of the Protect Life Amendment won't happen. And so we've got to maintain or grow our pro-life majorities in the House and Senate. Otherwise, we're set back another three to five to 15 or 20 years. Yeah, we'd have to start the process all over again. I just want to just say how important it is to vote in the primaries. I think people, a lot of people just kind of toss those off, but the primary elections are really key in all this, and I just want to encourage my fellow listeners and Christians to think about that this June. So so true. In fact, uh, there's there's two, there's really, there's really about five really key primaries. There's two that are so stark that there's no question. Two life at conception pro-life champions running against our, our two most pro-abortion uh, House members in a primary. And so that's an easy one. Uh, there's a few others that you've got pro-life champions running against people who say they're pro-life, but in the back room, they kind of undermine the pro-life effort. So if people want to know who's on the ballot and where and that sort of thing, uh, the family leader.com, or they can call me, you can call me on my cell. This is what I do. Uh, it's a five, one, five, two, three, eight, Nine one six seven. Be happy to talk to anybody about the, the political as well as the policy situation on life. Okay. Uh, let me uh, look into your crystal ball, ball here for a minute. How do you see the uh, case, the Dobbs case coming down? I know right after the oral arguments, the I think the uh, the belief was from most people that Roe was either going to be overturned or gut it so much that it wasn't going to have an effect. What are you looking at now? Well, I think if we will pray, um, if if the security detail around those five pro-life or or strict constructionist judges will protect them, uh, because, by the way, I I don't mean to be a a conspiracy theorist or, or, or think too darkly, but if any one of those five who are for overturning Roe, something would happen to them. They'd have a heart attack or they'd be, they, you know, they'd be shot or something. Um, the the vote would could go to four to four and a tie 
means that Roe v. Wade would stay in place. And so, you know, this is a very thin margin. Uh, people need to be prayerful. If those five stay alive and stay with their convictions, which that's what I'm praying for, then I do think Roe is over. I think it's uh, the Alito opinion was obviously very well crafted. It refuted the stare decisis or the precedent argument that had been used in the last few years to keep Roe. And I, I think uh, probably 20 to 25 states will say uh, we're going to protect babies. And then the other 20 to 25 to 30 states, you know, the pro-abortion states, I just grieve for them. I think they're going to bring God's wrath on themselves by passing these uh, things like the Iowa Supreme Court did. And so, people, we, you know, we really need to pray for, for revival, spiritual and moral and legal revival in this country. Amen. Before we let you go, um, any predictions on uh, who might have leaked the document? Yeah, my best guess is, uh, I, I can't remember his name, it's a short name, uh, it, it looked to me like it was a, um, well, I, I, you, you can Google uh, clerk Sotomayor. Sonia Sotomayor has a clerk who's been an old friend of the guy who wrote the article for Politico. And they've, they've talked before. He's been cited in articles. And uh, I, I, that's my best guess, is that Sotomayor's clerk wanted to disrupt the, the chances of Roe being overturned. Um, he had written earlier uh, a harsh letter opposing Kavanaugh's nomination to the court. So uh, I, I think most most people think it was probably that guy. Um, and then there's there's all kinds of other wild speculation, but I think he's the most likely character. And, and then of course is the why, and we may never know that. Well, if you if you again, if your listeners would would Google this, you know the why why was it leaked. Uh, there's a brilliant article that I read last night uh, on those reasoning. Basically, the bottom line is trying to um, disrupt and stir up uh, pro-abortion opposition to frighten uh, a timid justice who's a judge who's in the majority to soften or or swing over to the uh, minority position and and not overturn Roe. And it'll be interesting to see how the Chief Justice finally comes down, because he's not been counted on either side right now. He's yet. a wild card. Yeah, he's still a wild card. Very, Chuck, very much so. Chuck, I want to thank you for joining us today. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everything you do with the Family Leader, too. It's a very impressive organization, and we thank you for your time both here and there. God bless you for what you're doing. Keep, keep uh, telling the truth over the airwaves. It's a tremendous ministry. Thank you. Will do. Chuck Hurley, who's Vice President and Chief Counsel for the Family Leader. We will be right back in about two minutes after these messages. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences, mchs.edu. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Bows and the Florist. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, weddings, whatever the message, say more with Bozen. Bozen.com, 515-244-ROSE. Bozen makes the moment mean more. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Allie Colleen. Give myself five more Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at CelebrateCountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Knights of Columbus, Foreman and Pfeiffer Agencies, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. Are you looking for a career? We are in search of men with an entrepreneurial spirit and a strong desire to live Catholic values. Knights of Columbus is seeking field agents to serve throughout the state of Iowa. Visit kofc.org slash careers. The Knights of Columbus need you now, and one day you might need the Knights. That's kofc.org slash careers to learn more. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, Julie, it was an interesting discussion with Chuck today. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are this. We just got to keep strong in prayer and fasting. As Christians, we know who wins the battle, who's won the battle for us, and he who is working in us is greater than anything working in the world. And we have to walk and step into that that belief and that declaration that Jesus is victory here, and we just got. This is a pivotal case. This is what we've been working for for years and years and years, and we cannot stop and let up and get comfortable. There are two states right now that are considering legislation that would prevent investigations into the deaths of newborns. You see the ramification to that. Yes, yes. That's post-birth abortion. Those are viable bills right now, and it looks like one is in California, one is in Maryland. They may pass, and if they pass and become law, we're going to have two states that are going to extend abortion to the post-birth period. So we've got to stay strong. We do. The battle is just beginning. That's right. Let us close in our prayer here. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. That's it for today. Julie Nelson, thank you for sitting in for Gina. My pleasure. We appreciate it. Until next week when we have another Faith on Trial, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app.